Hey everyone, and welcome back to BPX Breakroom. Broadcast live each Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. A show that breaks down all the opportunities and explanations in the Block Packs ecosystem. I'm Discord user Jen Khan, not just host of BPX Breakroom, but also one of the largest whales in the BPX ecosystem. And now, without further delay, let's hear from this week's guest co-host. We are back and bigger than ever. Um, first of all, with a huge uh, name change and reorganization. So we are now BPX Break Room. Um, we wanted to create a new name um, and overview for the show that would be a little bit more inclusive um, of everything that BPX has to offer. And so we're hoping you guys like the new name and the artwork, um, which again, we give a big shout out to D. Hoovy for uh, all of his effort. And I believe Entropy is here. I'm here. <gasps> Yay, my day is complete. <laughs> Um, After much tribulation. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So, as always, uh, the format of the show has not changed. We encourage everyone to come up on stage and ask any questions that you guys like, or you can type them in Discord or on the Twitter Spaces thread. Um, I would like to give a shout out to Kay Hamilton, B. Susco, and Rody. Uh, for having attended every single one of the six spaces hosted by myself, Jamps, and Rody, um, for which we're trying to tra track all the attendance and get some good data and everything there. Uh, so I would, again, like to say this is formally minor details. I am Gen Con, um, and we rebranded to be more inclusive of all of BPX. So we are now BPX Break Room. And like we said, Entropy is our co-host today. So I will start off with the icebreaker. So Entropy, if there could be a vending machine in the office that dispensed literally anything, what would you want to be in it? Um, so I have a couple couple ideas. <laughs> um, if it's literally anything and I don't have to pay for it, $100 bills. <laughs> um or or I'll take time. Time I'll take some of that too. Um but more practically speaking, um fresh hot cooked french fries from any restaurant that I choose. Ah. So you're a french fry guy. Are you like a connoisseur or is um <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a connoisseur. I'm just picky <laughs> okay is there a requirement do you like the thin fries or the I don't, I don't, steak fries i don't necessarily discriminate they just have to taste good so like my son okay. he works at a restaurant here in town and um for the longest time their french fries were horrible and i would give them a hard time all the time i was like you need to tell you know the the owner uh you need to, that he needs to change his french fries because they are <laughs> terrible and uh and then finally they did, so they're not bad now. But oh, <laughs> <laughs> so right. you, made, you made an impact on many people's lives. <laughs> yeah, maybe, 
Um, my my opinion is not not always the right one. Um, unfortunately, like uh, same son, he enjoys um, Zaxby's French fries immensely, and I hate them. So you know, whatever. <laughs> like crinkle fries are the worst. I guess if I had to choose, if I if I'm being picky, no crinkle fries allowed. No crinkle fries. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I had to. Had to do investigation, see what that means about you. Someone has to have done the evolution or the the thinking behind what fries are good. Well, they're just not good, so <laughs> it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to figure it out. Okay. All right, let's get into the meat of the questions that everyone wants to know. Um, Hit me. So we all know that you are the true mastermind behind the contract that became the Lost Miners. <laughs> so can you give us a brief summary of the merge? We all hear a lot about, you know, the merge. Um, kind of a brief summary about what that is um, and why that's so important. Um, and then how you guys came up with this idea um, and that you knew that it was going to be something very, very significant. Um, so I think that's a lot of questions. Uh, yes, so we'll, yes. <laughs> we'll start. We'll start with um, I kind of guess kind of the, the the broadest one of what the merge is. And so um, you know, Jeff has said many many times, you know, kind of what the merge is and why he feels it's important. And he's kind of made this analogy. Um, and he's probably not the only one that's made this same exact one. But it's basically like you know changing the engine out on the race car if you're choosing while you're going around the track at 250 miles an hour. Um, and that's, that's a pretty accurate statement in, in, insofar as what it is. So the merge has been, you know, an idea for a long time, um, at least partially because of the environmental impact of, you know, miners and, um, how much electricity it would take to, to, for the entire mining pool on the planet, um, to actually, complete blocks on the Ethereum blockchain. So I'm um, sure there's other reasons that it came to be, but that's kind of the one that everyone points to is the most important. Um, so what happened is, you know, the the creators of the of Ethereum, people in the Ethereum Foundation, they came up with this concept of how blocks could be confirmed on chain and still be um, you could still trust that they are legitimate and basically that nobody put false transactions in there that sent money they didn't have or executed things they didn't have permission to execute. Um, and that was all backed by this whole concept of staking, um, except, you know, what we have today or what we had at the time was this whole mining network of people, you know, basically doing millions of hashes every call it second to complete blocks. Um, so they had to switch out that mechanism in real time because they didn't want to take the whole network down. So for years, they kind of engineered and tested and re-engineered and retested and came up with a whole process and built out an entire infrastructure that ran side by side with Ethereum um, that ran this whole staking concept. And like, if you remember, like you logged into Coinbase, they'd be telling you for 
it's not like ages, you could stake your ETH, right? You're like, give us your ETH, we'll stake it. Well, they're taking that and they're putting it in their staking pool for their, you know, their proof of stake um, validation scheme. And so uh, that that all kind of existed long before the merge actually happened. And then at a single point in time, everything changed. Um, and that was that was the beauty of the whole thing is like, what literally one block we were proof of proof of work and the next block we were proof of stake and you know the engineering that went into making that transition seamless was just incredible you know everybody had to have super close attention to detail everything had to work flawlessly and by all accounts it did um so that's kind of why it was such a big engineering marvel Okay, so that for, for anyone who hasn't yet read the white paper um, that BPX did and put out on, on the merge and the contracts, lost miners, um, you really should read it. And I'm hoping maybe Slappy, we can get a, a link to it or something in the, in the Twitter spaces here. Um, it really does give a very, very good uh, timeline and detailed process of exactly what happened and what it is. So it, it's a very good read but if i were to summarize entropy um for the you know dummy version which is what i need so the the merge were you basically went from utilizing a whole network of miners who were actually people right that were monitoring well they're actually computers but yeah okay. like for okay. intents and purposes people run those those machines but you know there's more than one per person Okay. Um, there were millions and millions of them. So. Okay, and they were just doing this whole exchange and monitoring all of this stuff, and then they decided that that was too much energy, effort, money, whatever. So they wanted to switch it over to this more automated, quicker process where there wasn't all that validation and everything else, and people could still trust that it was done the same way. Um, that's, that's, that's right. The, the automation is still roughly the same. Um, the big difference is like, and the reason why mining took so much power is like you had millions of machines trying to do mining. Um, and that is because they were all basically racing to complete the next block, which would mean that, you know, only one miner will solve that problem, which means all the other millions of them that were working on it, all their effort was for waste. So not only was it like expensive as far as power consumption, it's not like all that power consumption actually got you anything, right? It was all wasted. So it's like, ah. you know, if you put gas in your car and you just drove around town because you felt like it, right? Or you were racing somebody around town for 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 something, like call it $100, uh, and at the end you get nothing, right? <laughs> so... Um, so the whole idea of proof of stake kind of removes all of that wasted effort. It, you still have like, so proof of stake, you still have a miner, right? But it's, the miner is predetermined by the time the block gets here. So nobody's racing for the solution. So it just, you know, that, that one miner solves the block and everybody moves on. Got it. Okay. Well, that helped me. I appreciate that. Um, so now the next step in that whole thing is you guys, um, obviously recognizing that this was going to be such a significant moment. Um, and you had, can you explain to us how you guys came up or even attempted thinking about 
this engineering marvel of how you're going to accomplish this? Um, yeah, so sure, the the idea itself um, wasn't mine. <laughs> um, it's definitely, that's a, definitely a Frenchy brainchild. Um, and it's, I think it all just kind of comes back to he understands collectability so well, just because he's been a collector for so long. Um, and, you know, hindsight being 2020, like, obviously, it was important. But coming up to it, you know, but it didn't even honestly register for me that having even like trying to deploy this contract at that time would be valuable. But, you know, Jeff calls me, he's like, Hey, listen, I have this idea. I'm like, all right, what now? <laughs> and so, um, he kind of lays it out. I'm like, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's pretty wild. Um, I don't even know how we would begin to do that. <laughs> and, uh, kind of, that's where the idea was born. And, Usually those calls end up with, you know, well, let's break it down. What would have to happen? And then, you know, how are you going to do that? Um, so the idea he had was you know, an understanding that the merger is going to be a big deal and collectible in that sense, you know, happened well, well in advance. And then there was lots of discussion back and forth, like, how are we going to do this? What's the best way? How can we increase our odds of success and then it came down to actually like building the tools that we needed to do it um so it's like it was kind of a multi-step process um and you know like it it, it took <laughs> engineering wise it took days of time to actually write the code but the planning bit of it was probably as much, if not more, intense. Okay, oh, that's interesting. So it's a, so the the coding was was days of effort. How long did you guys start this before you knew? I mean, obviously, I I think I read right. No one really knew exactly when the right. So even then, yeah, yeah, nobody knew when it was going to happen because it wasn't defined as a as a time, right? Um, I guess it might be useful to try and explain how it's still kind of convoluted to understand, but I'll, I'll do my best. So it wasn't the, the time of the merge was not going to be defined at a specific time or a specific block number or anything like that. The way it was determined was um, it was the combined cumulative difficulty of all previously mined blocks on the chain had to equal or exceed um some specific value and i don't remember what that is off the top of my head it's you know well recorded on the internet but um what that means is uh so like we said how there's millions of miners or were millions of miners on the network at any time um the ethereum network or the ethereum blockchain is designed to only complete blocks in um, a certain time frame. I think it was like 11 or 12 seconds or something like that. But as you add more miners to the pool on the on the planet, they'll be able to complete those blocks faster. So to manage that, the concept there is a concept called difficulty, which is added to the math problem essentially that that is that every miner is trying to solve. 
And as more miners are created on the network, added to the network, that difficulty value has to be increased. And that difficulty value is recorded with every single block. And so that is the number, that difficulty number is what had to be added across all the total blocks. And that's what value had to be exceeded to switch to proof of stake. Um, and the reason you didn't know what it was is because you never know what what miners are going to be on the network at any time. Um, you know, when mining was a thing, you could download a program and you could start mining on your computer anytime you wanted. And you could also kill that process and stop mining anytime you wanted. So it's not like it was a defined number of miners and, you know, it's so many and it's a calculated amount to calculate that difficulty. So, um, as we got closer to it, it was kind of obvious, not maybe not obvious, but you had a window of when it was going to happen. Um, but even then, like anything could have changed. Like <laughs> China could have lost power across the entire country and then you know, the merge would have been delayed significantly because uh, because there was a lot of miners in China. So um, that, that's that's the reason they chose that that mechanism of execution, I guess. Huh, very um, interesting. And I kind of went off on a tangent there and I forgot the original question. Nope. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's any information and, and conversation we can get from you is, is fantastic. So, um, so, when right, so how long did it take? So it took days yeah. of days of time in, in multiple days in trying to figure out how, how we would do this, right? We were like, okay, well, we have to try to deploy this transaction, you know, and land in that that last block. But that last block, we don't really know when it's going to happen until it's like, until it's here. So how are we going to figure out it's here? And so, you know, that's when the whole concept of the launcher came up and trying to, you know, monitor the velocity of um, basically uh, of the uh, difficulty being calculated and try and time it just right. And then you know, once you know it's here, it's like, well, there's not, nothing is instant, right? We're talking about millions of computers on on the internet. They all have to kind of have a chance to get this transaction. You know, everybody's executing transactions at the same time. Like, you know, there's some period of time where we're kind of in limbo. So how do we, how do we increase our odds to actually get this transaction when we want it. And so that's between the launcher and then deploying multiple transactions um, across different wallets to try and land it just right. That's kind of where all that came from. But that that was all a matter of like, okay, well, how are we going to do it? Okay, how do we solve this? How do we solve this? How do we solve this? And so it just kind of like evolved into this, this, this whole plan. Um, and then once we knew what we were going to do, it's like, okay, well, now we know how to do it. Let's go write the code to do that. And once you know how to, what code you're going to write, it's just a matter of like, you know, writing it, debugging it, and validating your your thesis, right? To to say to say, okay, this is how I think it's going to work. Is it actually going to work that way? Wow, very very interesting. I can't even imagine being in that room and trying to figure all. That out. Well, that has more complication. We weren't actually in a room. <laughs> we were, oh, we were on the phone, right? We're, yeah. I work, I work from home, almost exclusively. You know, and you know, Jeff actually lives right down the street from me. But you know, he's he's always everywhere. And then, 
Alex lives downtown. And so, you know, we try to meet up in the office, you know, sometimes, but, um, you know, everybody's got other things going on, especially when you are working remotely like that. So it just, we'd get on Google meets or get on conference calls on the phone and just kind of talk through everything. And then Alex and I would be talking over Slack or in hangouts on Slack. So we were lots of collaboration like that. And um, sometimes when you're not in the same room as somebody, you lose the advantage of being able to draw a picture. So, um, so there was a lot of, a lot of descriptions and trying a lot of analogies and, what they call pseudocode, basically basic, like basic, not code that can be executed, but a list of instructions. Like this, we're going to do this and this and this, just so everyone can get on the same page. Uh, well, at the end of the day, whatever you guys did obviously worked like a charm. So, <laughs> um, I do. I have a bunch of other questions, but it, this is not about me. And we have uh, True Blue Ninja on the stage who had a question for you. So, Ninja, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hey, can man. hear you. How's it going? One question that's always been in my mind since the miners dropped was, do you know if anybody else tried doing this on this scale? Um, so I don't know if anybody tried to deploy a contract and mint the tokens like we did, um, because there's no... Well, I guess I, I maybe I do know that answer. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Um, so when you look at the history of those blocks on Etherscan, you can see the failed transactions, um, at least the ones that like were considered, I guess, <laughs> to for the block. And um, since we're the only contract that is deployed, um, you know, obviously nobody else has a contract that was deployed, but lots of other projects tried to create some type of um, providence by minting some tokens in that block. Um, some of them missed. Um, a, a good number of them actually succeeded, um, but they, they're they different because, um, and we actually considered the doing this too, and Jeff immediately, I should say I considered it, and Jeff immediately kiboshed it but um, because of the whole idea of provenance, but um, lots of other contracts deployed or projects deployed their contracts days in advance. Um, sometimes some of them hours in advance, but most of them are 12 plus hours prior to the actual merge. And what they did is they just planned to mint a token or a couple of tokens or airdrop some tokens in that last block. And some of them did, um, some of them, like I said, missed, some were early, some were late, but, um, so there were, there were definitely attempts by other projects, but I don't, to, to my recollection, um, and I haven't, I haven't reviewed those blocks in a couple months at this point, but we, there were no, I didn't see any other contract deployments that were attempted. Um, and, you know, if, if somebody else had tried to deploy a contract, they would have had um, it would have been interesting because of the uh, gas limitation in a specific block. Um, and, and being that gas usage was part of our strategy, I'm not really sure how that would have shook out. Wow, that's a good just, question, Ninja. Go ahead. 
just interesting in hindsight, it seems like everybody would be trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in hindsight now, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, then that's kind of, that's kind of why it, the whole thing is remarkable, right? Because when you look at it in hindsight, it's like, oh, crap, I should have done that. Like, oh, crap, I should have bought that lottery ticket with those specific numbers. I thought about that, but I didn't do it, right? Um, so, I mean, certainly luck had some play in it, but uh, we definitely tried to, you know, stack the odds in our favor. Um, it all starts with, you know, Jeff having the idea at first uh, of doing it, so... Well, yeah, I mean, to get both the last and the first is amazing. And uh, thank you for doing this space. Hey, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Ninja. Um, okay, if you guys, if anyone else has any question wants to come up, please do. Otherwise, I will continue down my um, long list. So here, here, I'm hoping this is a is an easy, quick one. Who, you keep referring to it as the launcher, but that's not really the the official name is it <laughs> the, the rocket launcher yeah that is a that is a jeff front special right there That's it. <laughs> i was gonna say i had my bets on who came up with that name <laughs> but i needed confirmation <laughs> yep. um okay let's see i think we have i see carafine do you have a question carafine totally um can you guys hear me yes we can First of all, hey, Entropy, super, super pumped hey. to hear um, from you on stages, on spaces, whatever we want to call it. I think this is amazing. I do have a question, um, and I actually, I think Entropy can attest to this, but I always annoy all the engineers with all the questions because I think what they're doing is just spectacular, and I can't wrap my mind around it. <laughs> um, so I guess my question would be, a little bit outside of the box, but has there, I guess, from what you've done specifically, you know, when it comes to BPX, block packs, and all of the things that you have built, do you have an accomplishment or an app or a, you know, process, whatever you want to call it, that so far you're kind of like the most proud? I feel like that's kind of like a gotcha question. I think I have to answer minors there because it is it like it's it's the it's the only thing I've done that can't be repeated. Like the minors can never be created again, right? Right. That's cool. Um, anything else that me or the team have built, like you know, we could recreate and deploy again, right? So, say for example, like. The Bantams just started minting yesterday. If something happened to them, like where something was broken, God forbid, in the contract, luckily there wasn't because Jimmy is amazing and has very good attention to detail on literally everything. Um, but, but hypothetically, if something was wrong with them, you know, we wouldn't want to do this, but we could make an announcement and say, hey, we're we have to we have to start the mint again right and we could just deploy that contract again and almost pretend like it never happened um but with the miners it, it was either it was it was all or nothing right like if something was wrong with that contract then we're hosed 
Um, if it didn't happen, we're hosed and I can't go back. I can't go back to September 15th and do it again. Right. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a good answer. I know I didn't mean to trick you into answering that, but I just think it's interesting. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you guys, um, build so much and, you know, you kind of have all these amazing things that you're building. Um, and it's, it always is interesting to me what like your thoughts are on them. So thanks for explaining that. For sure. I mean, it's kind of a cool time right now, like just to expand on that, like it's cool time right now in web three, because everything everybody is doing is new. Um, you know, like the idea of an NFT is only a couple of years old. Right. And, you know, um, like the, the contract that Jimmy put together for the Bantams, we made a version of it before with like the geeks, but it was, you know, much more rudimentary, but the whole idea of how that contract works, you know, you can't just Google, how do I build a contract like this? Um, and copy somebody else's code. There's a lot of effort that went into designing that and surely, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of giants in, in, you know, the people who built the Ethereum blockchain, who designed smart contracts, who created the ERC 721 and 1155 and every other uh, Ethereum standard. Um, but literally everything that we're doing that is even remotely novel, like that you haven't seen in Web3 before is completely new and is a new concept that is basically built from scratch, right? It's not like a lot of that, a lot of what we're doing and what everyone else is doing is not recycled code. You know, it's not like deploying a WordPress site where, you know, you could you know, go online and look for a WordPress developer and have 300 of them send your resume in an hour, right? It's, it's, it's very nuanced um, because the space is so, so young. So almost everything that we're doing is pretty incredible in that in that sense. Everything everybody's doing, honestly, is pretty incredible in that sense. Every idea that you see is kind of like, wow, <laughs> that, that uh, it took some effort to think of and get get just right. That's very that's very cool, and uh, and and this is, and I agree, and I, I keep trying to educate myself more and more as we go through this on the whole. Web three, contra all of that, all the the engineering behind everything, um, because that's one piece that I know very, very, very little about. So again, I appreciate you taking the time to to talk with us, and I just wanted to take a second and remind everyone that you're listening to the BPX Break Room, hosted by Gen Con, with my guest Entropy, um, and so that brings us to the next question which i will go to that someone submitted um i believe it was zarek he said he wanted to know if frenchie had ever come to you with an idea and you were like no way or <laughs> if you always found a way to make it work um i think a lot of them start out with no way <laughs> um but nothing is ever really that black and white um it's more of like okay, well, how can we make that happen? And how close to we, how can we get? What trade-offs can we make to achieve that goal? Um, no, 
because Jeff's Jeff usually comes with an idea of how he wants something to work and like the technicals or the very specific details are kind of still not ironed out yet, right? And those decisions have to be made kind of as you design whatever it is that you're trying to build. Um, and so it's never, it, I, I don't, I can't recall a time where Jeff has come up with an idea and it was just a flat no. Um, but pretty much everything is a yes, but right. Like, yes, but we have to do this or yes, but we have to do that. Or yes, this has, yes, but this has to work a specific type of way and can't do these types of things because, you know, the laws of physics say so. Um, um, so I guess, I guess that kind of answers that question. Um, yeah, I would say so. Hopefully Sarah hope, uh, thinks so as well. Um, so the, the next question that I'm fascinated to, to hear about, and hopefully there's some sort of story or, or something behind it is, so you created the rocket launcher, you knew when it was going to be um, kind of when you were going to execute it. And if you read the white paper, it says you were trying to predict the block and you did, I think, three blocks earlier and three blocks after just to kind of give yourself a little cushion. Mm -hmm. So was there, did you know, like within an hour or so of when it was going to hit? Like, were you guys sitting there staring at the screen or were you like pacing around the house or drinking heavily or, you know, what, <laughs> what was that like? Um, I wish I could say it was like super excited, like super like, uh, um, almost like a movie, right? Like super suspenseful, but um, it was me, Jeff and Alex on the phone at like three something in the morning and maybe even before that, just kind of sitting there counting down, um, making any last minute tweaks and preparations to get everything set just right. Um, and, you know, they the countdown started to come up and <laughs> like we're, we're looking at, Alex and I are looking at terminals, right? So uh, basically anytime my wife looks, comes in office and she sees my screen and it's got a terminal up full of text, she's like, I don't, what? That's not human, right? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so Alex and I are looking at terminals, we're launching countdowns, we're relaying it to Jeff, like, okay, you know, we're, we're 30 blocks out, right? We're, you know, 15 blocks out. Up now we're back to 16 blocks, you know, and then counting down and then finally you know we're in the last couple blocks and we see transactions start to go out um and you know we see successful transactions but like there's no sign that says okay we're we're in proof of stake now right like when you go look at a block in ethereum in etherscan it doesn't tell you this is a proof of stake block or this is a proof of work block um if you know what you're looking for it does, right? Like the proof of stake box don't have a difficulty value, but all the proof of work ones do. Um, but like nobody wrote a blueprint out on like, this is how you could tell. So we found out the transactions that we executed. We started loading them in either scan. And, you know, they take forever. If you've looked at any of the transactions that we deployed at that time, uh, trying to hit this, um, they take forever to load because they, because Etherscan is printing out uh, 10,000 token transfers uh, in your browser. Um, so it's kind of slow. 
So you load up Etherscan and you know, you're not the only people doing this, right? Other people are trying to figure out what blocks are last, um, the people that, you know, care. Um, and so Ether stands under its own load, plus, you know, plus us trying to load these huge pages. So, you know, we're just sitting there and it's almost anticlimactic. It's like, all right, well, I'm just waiting for the page to load. And then the page gets there. It's like, all right, well, you know, maybe <laughs> let's compare it to this other block. Um, but we we knew within you know probably 10 minutes that we had gotten it um alex and i are looking we're trying to confirm and we're both like being super quiet because like if you think about like if you think about <laughs> uh you're in a you're in a plane right and uh you're flying somewhere um or even you're maybe you're just watching a movie pilots <laughs> tend to be super quiet and low-key and super level-headed all the time when they're under under stress, right? Like whether when they're flying through a storm or something like that. And it kind of felt like that at the time, right? Like I'm trying to focus on this. And Jeff's like, so did we do it? Did we do, are we there? Did we did we hold it? How many did we get? Did we get the block? Which which block is it? Do you know? <laughs> and I'm like, bro, hold on. I'm trying to find out. And so and Alex is doing the same thing. And it's like neither of us want to say something that's and be wrong. So it's like we're both checking and double checking. And I'll message him on Slack, be like, hey, look at this. Does this look right to you? So we don't <laughs> so Jeff doesn't <laughs> isn't like, oh my gosh, we did it. Or are you kidding? We didn't make it. <laughs> so so Jeff's kind of like he's basically starving for information. And Alex and I are both just tight-lipped about <laughs> what we're trying to what 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 actually happened. And then we figured that out. Right, you're like, all right, we got it, and then Jeff just is just like, yes, <laughs> you like threw himself a little party. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. See, and that's something you would you would never get anywhere but here. Nope. Um, yep. You heard it here so, first. Exactly, you heard it here first. Um, so let's see, One uh, another question we have, and again, anyone who wants to jump up on stage and and, uh, and throw a question out or answer, please, uh, please do so. May I ask um, another one? Let's hear it. Oh, go ahead. Um, so how much time was between the miners and the wonders of the first contract deployments? Um, I guess... Uh, let's see. 36 seconds. Wow. Yeah, so uh, every every block when you switch to proof of stake is exactly 12 seconds long. Um, there's 12 seconds between every single one of them. Um, and so the, the miners, as you may know, are the penultimate block, um, which is the block just before the final, because the final block holds a single token mint um, that if you, my opinion is, was most certainly paid for in advance. <laughs> um, and and then the, so that's the, that's the ultimate block, it's the last one. And then the first block after that is the first block of proof of stake, which is where the um, the wonders are. So you know, the, the miners land in the penultimate block 12 seconds later. And if you just say that's that starts at second zero and then 12 seconds after that, 
Um, the ultimate block is mined. And then 12 seconds after that, um, the, the ultimate plus one block is mined. You know, so it's in that, I guess, 24 to 12, 36 second range, however you want to, however you, however you're counting, it could be 24 or 36 seconds. Cool. Good question, Ninja. Um, so one other, one other question we have here is, um, what is one thing you see on the blockchain horizon that you may attempt um, that would be similar to the miners and the wonders? Do you see anything or? Like one, some one-off event? Yes. Yep. Um, I haven't really thought about it. Honestly, um, we've like fixed the You're still recovering from the other one. <laughs> right. So it's like, I think, you know, we were discussing when we discussed the miners and, and at the time they weren't called the miners. They were just, you know, the, the merge tokens. Uh, when we um, were discussing those, it was like, all right, well, you know, if we get them, this is going to be awesome. And then we're going to figure out what we're going to do. Well, as soon as we found out that we got them, you know, it's been 200 miles an hour, like, doing something with them um uh between building them and engineering the ecosystem and then tokenomics around them and integrating them with the, the you know promoting them integrating them with the rest of the ecosystem and stuff like that so um i don't i think i don't know that we even predicted how how much it was going to be after we got them out um because it's certainly been a lot of work ever since they came into existence. But if I had to if I had to guess, if I had to choose a time where I think it'd be another cool time to deploy something, is um probably, and this is this probably weighs out. Um, and I don't I don't even know the exact timing of it, but I do know like uh in the future, relatively near future, um Ethereum will be into in, integrating uh, the concept of uh, sharding, where you know your transactions happen basically on subchains. I think, um, and I don't know all the technology around that. I haven't really read up on up on how that will work enough, but at some point, those the the transactions that everybody runs are not going to be on the same on the on the main ethereum call it trunk every time so like guaranteeing that you have the last one that ever is there could be potentially a um another call it watershed moment similar to the miners potentially and you know, I may be making all of that up, <laughs> but um, <laughs> from my from my understanding, that's how that's how that's where things are headed and how things are slated to work. But you know, just like with the the merge, like the merge was talked about for years and, de and delayed multiple times before it ever came to fruition. So same thing could be true, and you know, directions may change before we ever get there. But um, and some new technology, some new technological breakthrough come, could come through and be like, hey, we're going to just change the direction. But um, I think that's that, that might be another another opportunity, potentially. Hmm, OK, I, I do have to admit that one like completely way over my head, but like said, <laughs> it'll probably be 
ages before anything happens and it'll be way out in advance so I can study up until then. Um, I think I saw Jorzan jump on stage. Did you have a question for Andrew? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, kind of two questions, I think. The, the first one is we, or we, I say we, like I'm part of all this, but, um, <laughs> but, but. You, you're here, you're exactly, part of it, man. Exactly. So what you guys were able to do, you got the, the penultimate and the proof of work and then the first and the proof of stake. And then didn't you also do the same thing in like the second and third? And, and if so, are there plans specifically for those or. Are those going to be like uh, second or third seasons of um, the wonders? Like, is there anything discussed about that yet? Um, we did manage to land some other than the ones that we, you know, that we've talked about so far in the wonders and the miners. Um, where exactly they are, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'll tell you who does know is Jeff. <laughs> um, he probably has it written on his refrigerator, <laughs> so he sees it every morning. But um, there has been some light discussion and kind of more of like hypothesizing about what could be done with them. Um, but I, at the moment, I don't think there's any specific specifically firm plans on this is what we're going to do with these extra tokens and this is how they're going to how they're going to um fold into everything else um jeff might have those plans but i i'm unaware of them and of, of any concrete decisions that have been made um so to answer your question i'm not sure and <laughs> But yes, they they do exist. All right, that that was my best attempt at a, a gotcha question because uh, French French <laughs> is too good at not spilling like the big stuff. So I was trying. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he mitigates that by just keeping the alpha to himself, right? <laughs> some of some of it, like he has so many ideas. Um, some uh, like I've told him multiple times, like, listen, man, I can't I can't even wrap my head around that right now. Like I'm not in the space to talk about that. Um, I cannot, I cannot contribute in any meaningful way to that conversation, uh, just because we have so much other stuff going on at any given time. Um, and I'm just, I'm like, he's, he's kind of like, you know, 10,000, 30,000 feet, like general, like idea directions where we're going to go. And I'm like on the ground, under the ground, digging the holes, <laughs> trying to get there. Right. Um, so it's hard. It's hard to kind of keep keep your head in both spaces. So sometimes I'm just like, bro, uh, we'll have to talk about this later. Well, I'd say all of you guys. Um, I don't know how you you do it. Um, you guys are doing an amazing job keeping up with all the different BPX initiatives and everything else that's going on at all different phases and times and dates. And um, it's really amazing. Um, so I do not have any other questions and no one else is on stage. Is there anything entropy that you wanted to talk about or throw out there or let people know before we wrap it up? I mean, here's the thing. Like if you prompt me on something, I could probably talk until everybody's tired of hearing me. Um, so, uh, but it's, 
anything specifically that I had on my agenda to share, I think I've already said. So um, I don't have anything additional that I okay. necessarily felt like I needed to cover, but I'm more than happy to talk to whomever, answer whatever question that anybody may have, even Fair if enough. it isn't think, minor related. Yeah, I think, uh, did Todd, did you have a question for Entropy? Yes, hey, Jin Khan. Uh, Entropy, it's, uh, it's good to uh, hear your voice and thanks for hopping on BPX break room. Uh, I'm Tita Machado in uh, Discord. And, and I, I would uh, um, just jump in, and hopefully I'm, this isn't too personal. But uh, I did, I did remember you, you mentioning. Um, I think you've been working for Jeff over fifteen years, and maybe that's an underestimation. But uh, just curious, um, how did you guys meet up, and uh, how's it been working for Jeff for all these years? Um, so 15 years is is accurate. I actually just think I just crossed the 15 year anniversary a couple weeks ago. Um, and the the way we I guess met up is I um, like I guess most of the super nerds from my era uh, spent a lot of time on IRC. And um, I knew a guy in IRC that actually worked for Jeff at the time, and he was looking for more people, and I was looking for a new job. And he's like, hey, come check this out. And so I came down here to South Carolina, and I was like, well, this seems pretty cool and like a new challenge. And I kind of went for it. And um I moved from uh, the Northeast up, up in um, Pennsylvania down to South Carolina, and I've been here ever since. Um, and it's been it's been pretty wild. Like we've done, <laughs> we've gone through a lot of different business iterations on things that we have tried to do, have done, have been successful at, have failed miserably at. Um, you know, so it's. It's really cool in that we are a small team and everybody's ideas get heard. And because we're also so small, we're super nimble. Um, I really love the idea of being able to work on something different most days. Um, there's almost never two days that are exactly the same. Um, certainly they're not right next to each other. Um, but uh, as far as that goes, like I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to still be working with Jeff um, after all this time, for sure. Well, that's that's awesome to hear. I can certainly see why you would stick with a guy like Jeff, and and I know he appreciates all you bring to the table. Um, uh, and obviously, a lot of things that are coming to the table, we'll we'll be learning about in the next few days. Um, as it just, I mean, I'm like, you know, we've been spoiled, um, over the last several months or yeah, shoot this bear cycle with just great products and, um, uh, 
just everything that block packs and now the BPX collective has delivered to um, the community. But now it just seems to be ramping up and uh, a lot more exciting things around the corner. Um, but with that said, I mean, you mentioned you love the kind of the boutique kind of uh, intimate environment with, I think their JF Jeff had said before, maybe y'all are uh, 15 strong as far as being dedicated to the block packs um, uh, ecosystem uh, or workforce. Are y'all, do you see, you know, hiring more engineers to support all the new marketplaces and various projects that you, uh, you're ramping up? Um, I think at some point we will definitely have to consider that. Um, right now we have kind of like uh, probably half of our total engineering team is block packs full time. Um, and then we have a couple other guys that kind of lend a hand occasionally. Um, so, you know, as, as things continue to build out, um, I think we're going to end up having to either steal more of their time or, um, find, find additional resources to help fill in where we're, where we're lacking. Um, but certainly the, the, the team is, I do like having, and working with a small team, I like being able to know everybody's name, everybody know, and, and know kind of what everybody's responsible for. Um, it's weird to me to like think about going to the office and then seeing people that I don't know, right? Yeah. That I don't know, or I haven't met their, haven't met their spouse, or I don't know that they have some of our kids, other kids playing, you know, t-ball or whatever. Like. I like knowing that about people, right? Um, I don't. I don't really like the idea of necessarily being just another number. I'm sure nobody wants to be another number, but even like, you know, just going to the office and thinking like, you know, you have your core group of people that you know, and then there's this whole other in some companies like whole other floors where you've never seen any of those people's faces. So that's just that just is so wild a thought to me like that's definitely not how i'm how i'm wired yeah and, and in a weird way um you know our six or the, i think the success of block packs has been a lot um about how strong of community that you guys have garnered and the tension that you've put into not necessarily i mean of course you've gone out and put your marketing efforts in to attract certain people and those people, again, social signal to track other certain people. And then all of a sudden you have a, you know, the community we have now. But, um, yeah, it, uh, I mean, it says a lot. We, you want to be in an environment where you feel appreciate, appreciated and heard. And just someone, you know, be around people that you can share your experiences with. And, um, I mean, I, I work out in my home office. So, uh, you know, part of yeah, – you know, block packs has become my um, extended family online. You know, something that I never thought I would I would uh, experience. But you know, that's just the the world we live in now, um, thanks to COVID. But uh, nonetheless, man, I appreciate your time and uh, love hearing the uh, you know all the good things y'all are doing. And um, 
forward to chatting soon. For sure, man. Yeah. Thanks for getting up thanks, here. Dino. And you know, thanks for all the kind words. Yeah. I really appreciate That's it. Thing. I'm sure the rest of the team will when they hear it. Absolutely. Um, if they're not listening right now. Thanks, Jim Khan. Um, I do think that is really crazy with Web3. Um, you know, I grew up on the internet. I grew up on IRC. I grew up talking to random people all over the world. Um, and, you know, all of my, call them in real life friends, thought that was weird, right? My parents were like, what? Like, who are you talking to? Like, where are they? Um, but now it's it's almost, it, at least in this Web3 bubble it's common right like that you have at least acquaintances and interaction with people that are on the other side of the planet um and you know web3 is certainly part of that you know covid is part of that but you know just just the way everything is going right now i think it's super cool that everybody else gets to kind of experience that um today uh, yeah, and it's what's going to be even more weird is, so like, t- I, you know, I'm looking at my phone and I'm looking at Jorzane and I'm like, that's Jorzane, right? You know, his PFP, which I've seen for months and months, is how I pictured Jorzane. So, you know, when I go right. to an IRL event with Rockpacks and run into him, uh, I'm going to be like, whoa, who are you? What, you're- who are you? <laughs> Why? You don't have a beard. Where's where's your mining hat, bro? <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, I have this is what I look like. <laughs> yeah. Speak, speaking of which, I had a question pinged to me talking about PFPs, not the one mm-hmm. you have, but the one that everyone talks about. Where did the uh, entropy mohawk come from? Um, so again, that's a, that's a Jeff French idea. <laughs> um, if you, if you were to ask, if you were to ask me, I wouldn't have put anything with my, like any, any kind of name or anything to call myself out into the collection. Cause I'm just, I'm the guy that sits in the back of the room, right? Like if you were, so to bring it all the way back, like if you were in Dallas, uh, at the launch party, you know, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And then as soon as like Jeff started rip, ripping packs on stage, I was sitting on the floor in the side of the room, like away from everybody else. Like I'm, I'm not the type of person that tries to draw a lot of attention to myself. So that was his idea. But um, I actually, I, I, I mean, I have a Mohawk, not like, you know, an 80s punk rock. 18 inch lime green mohawk, but um, I do, I cut my hair in a mohawk slash fauxhawk style. So that's kind of where that originated. And I just like that. So most of the NFT, like all the NFT projects, all the PFT projects that kind of were coming out, um, you know, in that, in the last 18 months, two years, whatever, whenever, whenever I would go to buy one, I would just immediately start looking for the ones with a mohawk um and those would be the ones that i would go after uh just because it's like you know there's ten thousand of these things they all look different you know everybody wants to own something that they identify with in some way and you know just happens to be that like a mohawk is a super common trait that everybody includes in their project so that's what i would that's what i would go after so 
if you, I mean, if you were to look at my wallet, you would see a fair number of the PFPs that I do still on have Mohawks on them. So, wow, that's cool. kind of where that's it came from. Story. Well, well, I just just for the record, I I don't have really bad acne, and I'm not that you know I don't walk, walk around pissed at the world, but uh, I, I do like my <laughs> fire body, you know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Ninja, did you have another question? Uh, yeah, if there's time. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was wondering if Entropy, if you had much to do with the, when we were sorting through the traits and the art and voting and how much that added to the, the feet of the miners. <laughs> You mean with the uh, the um, token raider and everybody kind of weighing in on which ones they liked and didn't like? Yeah, or do you mean the planning stage where we were trying to brainstorm and come up with the different ideas? Well, I mean, I'd like to know everything about it. <laughs> but, so, I'm just wondering how much, how much that added versus just having the artist give you the art and just throwing it on at random. So with, with the brainstorming part, like... I was involved in like coming up with some ideas um, and trying to organize some of what of our thought what our thoughts were on what should be included. Um, but at that point, it was just words, right? We didn't have any real pictures. I think we took we looked at different projects, found likes things that we liked from those, and maybe showed them in this like internal document that kind of described what we were looking for. Um, so complication-wise, that didn't really do much, didn't add a whole lot to me. Um, Charles probably, <laughs> had, he probably went through a lot of different iterations on specific ideas, which is pretty wild. Like, there's only 24 by 24 pixels, so 576 pixels in a miner. And to think, you know, he comes up with an idea of some kind of, some call it some glasses or, or some goggles, and... You know, then we have some criticism on what we don't like about it. It's like, all right, well, you only have so much space to work with to to change that uh, and completely change the look and change the different change the emotion that somebody feels when they see that. So, you know, the fact that he was able to do that is pretty incredible to me. Um, and I think, you know, personally, like pixel art up until the miners was just kind of like whatever. Okay, it's pixel art, um, but then seeing the process that went into creating them like that made me definitely appreciate it a lot more um personally but um so after that you know when we started actually bringing these um traits to life and putting them on miners you know that's that's where there was a lot of effort um for me that's what that's what kind of cost me a lot of time not cost me a lot of time but made me spend a lot of time um you know there's tools out there that that help generate NFTs um, for these 10K projects or smaller, um, but they're all kind of generic. Um, you know, you kind of just say, here are the traits that I have, here are the images for them, here's the vague, you know, rarities that I want things to land in. Um, but the miners are so different because there's like a lot of interesting rules that went into how to build them. So, you know, we had to build tools to actually generate those tokens because, you know, 
10,000 tokens times, I think there's 100 and 100, somewhere around 120, 150 or so traits or something. Um, I don't remember the number off the top of my head. Um, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of layers to shuffle around. So no, like it's unreasonable to think any one person could do anywhere near 10,000 of them. So we had to automate it. And, um, you know, the tools that existed would not serve the purpose. So, you know, I've, I spent a lot of time myself and then, you know, getting the rest of the team to kind of review and help me debug and like, and just iron out issues with how to generate these tokens um, because they they all have specific rules. Like as an example, the the backpacks all have to be rendered um, behind the face, right? Behind the body, uh, not the body, the face. And, um, but the um, scuba tanks have to be rendered in conjunction with a scuba mask. And a scuba mask has to be rendered on top of the face and on top of facial hair. So there's like multiple layers in between the two. And you, we, I had to come up with some type of way to basically say, okay, well, this miner is going to get a scuba tank. So we have to make sure it also gets these scuba masks. Um, and then you have to also keep in mind, you know, there's supposed to be some type of rarity framework around that whole concept of scubas, right? Um, and so you have to exclude those scuba masks from selection when there's no scuba tank. So, you know, those, those took a lot of time to build those tools in um, to be able to generate those miners. Um, and then, you know, once we generated them, we released them all to y'all via the token rater, which, you know, that was... Um, that was almost like a, a an 11th hour plan in some, in some, some ways, um, like, Hey, we should have people, you know, rate these. That would be awesome because nobody's actually seen a large number of these completed. Um, and that would be really great for everybody. Everybody would really love that. It's like, all right, all right, well, we got to put that together. Like there's no, there's no thing out there that says load these NFTs and let people hot or not them to find out which ones are the best. Um, so there was, there was that. And then, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of effort spent, um, by a lot of the team. Um, but I know, you know, I don't, I don't like to make things about me, but about me up to up right before, you know, launch day, like putting together everybody's, uh, curated lists and making sure that, you know, I had the metadata that, uh, that, um, related to those token, the, those miners that everybody liked the most. And the they were, you know, fell along some type of rarity framework so that, you know, there weren't too many of, you know, too many cowboy hats versus too few um, glasses, like or any kind of glasses. Uh, and then, you know, just trying to get all of that together before it just so then so then we could random them across all the all the um the tokens themselves so uh just the whole process um to bring it all the way back in it, with all of the adding adding community input definitely added to um the work required to turn this whole project around but i think the whole project is better for it i think you know everybody that's here everybody that was here at the time um 
that, that kind of galvanized their belief in the miners themselves, the belief in the team that we could deliver, that we could, you know, integrate everybody's feedback and turn around a product that everybody was going to love. And I think, you know, just by gauging the um, the interest, the excitement, the the camaraderie that exists in the community, um, I think we kind of hit it out of the park there. Um, I would put our I put y'all, the community we have, everybody here on this space, everybody in our Discord, against up against any other community, and I think like ours is hands down the best. And I mean, I might be biased there, but um, I really do think that y'all are some of the best um, people in the whole Web three ecosystem. So I'm really, really glad and thankful and happy to have y'all here. Well, yeah, it's going to be a point of pride, and I'll be so grateful to have been here and be a part of that because it added so many layers to it. It's amazing. Thank you. Sure, man. Awesome. Um, and I, I would have to echo the, the same sentiments. Um, this is, and I say it all the time and in my tweets and everything else, and when I talk to people that um yeah this truly is you know it's kind of like what you think about when you, one of those one of the lifetime opportunities you come across where you everything just works everything just clicks you know you meet the the right people at the right time with the right project and you know it all it all works so i very much appreciate you taking the time out of your um what we just heard was extraordinarily busy jam-packed ever-changing day um so happy that we were able to finally get you get all the kinks and tech stuff yeah, i'm glad we were able to make it happen you know <laughs> no thanks to twitter um and no thanks so, to elon yeah um so i just wanted to throw out a couple of reminders um for anyone who was on last week's show um we did offer a random for a hanger pack in the next bpx auction um, and so we said, if you were in the spaces today, if you snapshotted, um, the picture of the space and posted it in the Twitter spaces feed down below, we would drew a drawing for that. Um, so I wanted to put that out there. Um, I also wanted to mention, um, we have this show BPX break room every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern. And we also have BPX After Dark every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Jamps. Um, and these are both two community-driven spaces um, that are all about BPX and you guys. Um, and sorry, correction on the giveaway, not the auction. <laughs> um, I have the auction on my head. It's the next BPX Raz. When we sell the the hanger boxes um is what the giveaway will be for um so i in closing of the show i just wanted to thank entropy once again for joining us and sharing his time and knowledge and i wanted to thank all of you guys who submitted written questions and came up on stage um and we're also here just listening um, and participating um, because at the end of the day the bpx community um like a bunch of us said are the best community in web three um and we couldn't be doing any of this without you guys 
Um, and I usually end with a corny minor joke because we once were minors, but now because we broaden. Corny jokes are the best jokes. They are. So now I'm gonna have to widen my my net for next week. But I do have this will be, you know, maybe not the final, but minor joke. And then I'll I'll branch out next week. But um so I was talking to my husband the other day and, and we were considering getting into the steel and mining business. Um, we figured we just needed to iron out the details. So I'll leave you guys with that. Thank you all for joining and we will see you guys next Wednesday. Oh, and who will we have next Wednesday? I completely forgot. Um, producer, bad on you with the show notes. Um, oh, <laughs> Calling Slappy Just out. Kidding. Love Slappy to death. Um, next week we are having um Kusher on the show. I'm hoping that's how you say his. You probably just name. didn't get the newest version of the PDF. <laughs> <laughs> slappy, it's it's going down now. Um I've got have- I've got I've got another minor joke that you can throw in there. <laughs> Go ahead, well. All right. Why did the miner break up with his girlfriend? I don't know. Because he took her for granted. Oh my goodness. I didn't even have that at one of my lists. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> you can thank, thank chat GPT for that one. <laughs> All right. So next week we're going to have Kusher, who is the mastermind behind the art for the Bantams that everyone is talking about these days. So that will be a fun one. So set your calendar um, and get your questions ready for that one next week. Um, And thank you all again for tuning in and we will see you guys later. Have a good day. See ya. You've been listening to BPX Break Room, which is broadcast live each Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. I've been your host, Discord user Jen Khan, and I wanted to thank today's co-host and you, the listener. A special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand and came up on stage, helping to make BPX the best community in Web3. BPX is a community built for collectors by collectors. That's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.